Hello and welcome to All Villa No Filler, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. Follow us on Spotify, Apple, YouTube and wherever you'll get your podcasts. Well, a miracle happened in Middlesbrough on Saturday when Villa finally won a third round game in the FA Cup for the first time since 2016. We'll chat about that before Frankie puts another spicy question on my plate. But first things first, Frankie, how are you? Not bad, George, but I am somewhat disappointed because I played FIFA FC24, as it's now called. I actually downloaded it. I got it. Playing it now on the PlayStation, loving life, um, and uh, started off very well on it. I've been playing as Aston Villa every game. All great. Uh, Battered Chelsea 4-0, taught them a lesson. Pochettino probably handing in his you know, or getting P45 for it. Um, and, uh, but I then played Manchester United and I went 2-0 up. Even in the computer game world, George, Man United still come back and win 3-2. Of course they do. Absolute horror. I put in such a scything, terrible, horrible tackle on Bruno Fernandes. My girlfriend gasped. Um, wow. And if she'd had a red card, she would have sent me off and sent me to the, sent me to my room and locked me in for a whole... Uh, grounding me for weeks, but then again, it who, was who, Bruno Fernandez. So who was it? He did the siding. Uh, it was Bruno Kakamara. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, he got a yellow. <laughs> Play on. It was. I, I was so angry that I was like, that this has happened in the virtual world as well. And I'd been on a, a non-stop winning streak. I hadn't conceded any goals. And then, lo and behold, man, you bloody United go and do it. And, and, but although amazingly, Villa are higher rated than Man United in the game. It's like it's kind yeah. of surreal to see see this. Like, you know, we'll play. You know, I'm so used to playing Pro Evo back in the day and FIFA back in the day, and it was always that you know Man United were the best or whoever. Mm. And seeing Villa above United, it's like, oh my goodness! As yeah. Michael Scott in the US office says, "How the turntables." <laughs> well, it's it's true. I think from my experience of playing FIFA as it was when I played it, Villa were kind of always unless they were in the championship, kind of always like a four-star team. Yeah. And then United, City, Liverpool would kind of be, yeah, sort of four and a half, fives. Mm. Um, and that was kind of the way it was, and I thought would always be, um, until Professor Unai turned up and, and mixed things around a bit, which has been which has been a delight. So I'm glad that, the, you know, the reality of the Villa team, the reality of our quality is bleeding into the virtual world and, you know, you can you can benefit in uh, in uh, in a, in, a, in a game, although not against Man United, of course. That yeah. hasn't changed. Although I did against Middlesbrough, so before the game, I thought, right, I'm going to see how this is going to go at the Riverside Stadium. Mm. Middlesbrough nil, Aston Villa eleven. So I yes. thought, right, we're in for a goal fest <laughs> up at the Riverside, and not quite what happened. But given the amount no. of chances Villa had, it could have been something close. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, let's 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 talk about it then, shall we, Frankie? Yeah. Uh, obviously, Villa won, Middlesbrough nil. Another hard-fought win for the Villa takes us to round four of the FA Cup since the first time since um, since I think when uh, the asteroid killed the dinosaurs. I think it was the last time we got to the fourth round of the FA Cup. Yeah. So um, uh, yeah, when we lost to a Brontosaurus eleven, <laughs> um... <laughs> our team were tragically stamped to death. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they just sort of pumped the ball forward to the big guys up top, and uh, <laughs> they took full advantage of the height difference. Constant <laughs> headers, we couldn't win a single header. Yeah, just could not deal with the aerial threat <laughs> of the of the Brontosaurus eleven. But um, uh, yeah, so so we did win. We got through to the fourth round. Frankie, what did you think of that? 
Yeah, well, look, do you know how flattering is it that football that teams come up against Aston Villa now and play against us as if we are an absolutely brilliant football team who they accept are going to dominate the ball. And therefore, they've decided we are just going to sit every player we have behind the ball. It's like it, when I watch Aston Villa playing these low block teams, there are times when it reminds me of watching the Spanish international team. It's no coincidence that our coaching staff is Spanish, to be honest. Um, and so I think what's happening sometimes, uh, and this is going to be interesting to watch in the second half of the season, is that a team can sort of sit 11 behind the ball. And now Villa, are, this is the new part of the Unai Emery evolution that teams are now setting up like this against us on a more regular basis. And for our players and for the coaching staff, it's the evolution where we have to work out how to break these deep sitting defences or as they're called in modern football terminology, a low block. We have to work out how to break them down a bit more consistently than we have done against Forest, Sheffield United and now Middlesbrough. Now against Middlesbrough, there were a lot of positive signs that we create. We did create a fair few chances. You know, Conte hit the post. McGinn almost scored from distance. Um, I think there was a deflected shot that almost went in from distance. Uh, Duran had a shot that almost went in. We had a, and then eventually we we did score. Um, but it did feel at times like I think that um, when we got into the final third, um, our passing was slightly slow, um, and that on occasion we could have shot from distance a little bit more than we did. Um, sometimes shooting from distance looks a bit like um, desperation, but I thought yesterday there were one or two occasions where we could have just gone for it. And, and lo and behold, we hit one and deflection and in it goes. You know, McGinn almost scored one as well. So um, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how Unai Emery approaches this now that teams are starting to do this against us. We have Everton next week, who know they might set up like this. We've got Sheffield United at Bramall Lane at the start of February. They too will probably set up how they did at Villa Park. So it's just how Villa can sort of um, find more consistency in breaking down these defences. We are playing super, super great football under Unai Emery at the moment. And this is a massive flattering compliment to us that teams have now decided they want to do this against us because this is what they try to do to City. It's what they do to Arsenal. It's what they do to top teams. So that's telling us what we are now under Unai Emery. And I think that for Villa, it's going to be an evolution in the sense the players might have to adapt. Some players might have to get new elements to the game. Unai Emery might, and uh, Paco Esteron and the coaches might have to see a few new moves that we can work in the final third. Um, maybe sometimes it might just involve launching the ball into the box a little bit more often. But also, you know, when I talk about the quick interchanges, I thought there were some positive signs between Ramsey and Moreno yesterday. It's great to see them getting back and getting their rhythm back together because they were brilliant for us last season. And particularly with the addition of Pau Torres, that left-hand side in the second half of the season for Villa could be such a massive attribute for us as it was last season. To add on to the fact that on the right-hand side with Diaby and Bailey, we've got much, much stronger this season. But um, with Moreno and Ramsey, we actually should have had a penalty when Moreno was brought down yeah. in the second half. And that came about from a really quick pass between Moreno and uh, Ramsey. So a little bit more of that on occasion, I think, would help us. Um, but also, you know, it's worth bearing in mind that we did start the game with, you know, Kamara and Dendonka in centre midfield. And, you know, I thought Kamara was absolutely fantastic. Ten out of ten. He was amazing and showed what we missed for those three games. He was suspended. But we didn't have a Douglas Luiz, you know, a, a more technical kind of attacking player, I would mm. say. Mm. Uh, and then when he came on, it was his direct pass into Diaby which eventually led to the corner that led to the goal. So um, I don't know. I, I think it was a it was a very positive. I think I think it was a very positive sign that Villa was so dominant. 
we risked it a bit. Like Middlesbrough could have caught us on the break and given us a sucker punch. And their game plan almost worked by crowding the middle, you know, making it hard to pass into Kamara and Dendonka. And instead forcing us out wide, they were hoping that eventually we would lose the ball and they could hit us on the break with one of their fullbacks flying forward and whipping a ball into the box. And it almost worked for them. But it didn't, thankfully. Um, George, it is a miracle we've won in the FA Cup. I, I'd have forgotten what that feels like. Um, I mean, how did you feel about it? How, how do you feel to to know that we are going into the pot for the fourth round draw? Yeah, I know. I mean, that's that's the thing, isn't it? You get when you when you see you know Martin Keown or whatever stirring stirring those black balls with his with his hand and, and pulling Aston Villa out. You know, it's it's um, on the one show brings uh, a tear. In, yeah, it brings a tear to my eye. Yeah, exactly. We've missed out on that for so long. 2016, it's been a, it's been nearly a decade since we've reached this stage of the competition, which is still a very early stage in the competition, obviously. So, yeah, no, it's, it'll be, yeah, we could, good, good to see that. Um, it was, yeah, a, a very difficult game. I think Middlesbrough, they, they normally, in the league at least, they play a back four. But as you say, Frankie, I think they switched to kind of a, a back five, which, uh, yeah. as you mentioned, um, does show a great deal of respect to us and our attacking prowess because obviously they wanted to nullify us, um, restrict our chances, and 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 yeah, as you said, try and try and maybe get us on the on the break or or maybe um, work an opening from a set piece or something. Um, a couple of things that I thought were in the back of my mind risky before the game began. This whole thing in the FA Cup where if you play a Premier League side at home VAR is an operation but if you don't play a Premier League side at home like obviously Middlesbrough in the Championship then there is no VAR which adds a weird dynamic to the entire yeah. competition it is weird, essentially yeah. it becomes two different games in my opinion anyway yeah, because I think VAR's, VAR's influence is so dramatic and as you said I think if VAR was in play then uh, we would have had the penalty for the the foul on uh, on Moreno, um, and it would have made the game much more comfortable for us. But anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. But um, that's that's something I think was was kind of um, on my mind before kickoff, and and also given given how we play, you know, we we do play this very high line, uh, and how many times have you seen this season where a ball has played over the top? And uh, a team go on to score, or at least put the ball in the back of the net, and uh, subsequently with a VAR check, or you know maybe the, the on-field referee or, or linesman will, will flag it off as offside. So there's always there is at risk when you play in a stadium that doesn't have VAR that that a goal can be scored uh, that way. When when if VAR was in place, it would be ruled out for, for being offside. So that that was risky. And I think Conza mentioned that as well. So you know they had to the defence absolutely had to be switched on. Um, and Borough are a good side, you know. I know they're um, they're in the league below, but they're they're well coached by Michael Carrick. Yeah. They're only a few points off the playoff places, and they're in the semi-finals of the League Cup. Yeah. So you know they, they've already had you know half decent season. I know they'll probably want to make a make a step up to try and make the playoffs by by May. Um, and yeah, they're a decent they're a decent outfit. And it was an away game, um, a night game as well. The crowd were kind of up for it. It was a game on TV, which traditionally Villa were terrible in. Um, so, um, so yeah, it was it was really really good to see us um, get the get the win. Um, another late goal as well, Frankie, um, to add to the Bournemouth uh, goals, Sheffield United, Burnley. We seem to make be making a habit of scoring late on, which is again a sign of a, a good side, a, the sign of a side that um, is kind of mentally strong. To yeah. keep going until you know the final whistle blows, I think that that is a really good sign for us and all as well for the, the rest of the season. 
and it was great for Matty Cash to score. Um, you know, I think he has come in for a little bit of criticism um, from the fans. He's been rotated a lot in that right-back position with Ezri Concer. And there's also been a lot of talk about a new right-back in January or, or, or at least in the summer. Um, that seems to be the one position every every fan seems to talk about. We need a new right-back because Matty Cash isn't isn't good enough or, or or whatever. Some people have different opinions of him. Maybe that explains his celebration, the old kind of fingers in the yeah, ears. I wondered that, yeah. Um, you know, so when I saw that, I thought maybe it's kind of like blocking out the noise. Um, you know, and he's a good he's a good player. I think he's a he's a he's a very good player. And on, on his day, he's a he's a he's a he's a top fullback. But you know, it's um it was good, as I said, it was good that he scored and hopefully it will do do uh, a lot for his confidence. And um Another point I wanted to mention was obviously, you know, John Duran started. Mm -hmm. He had a couple of decent chances, as, as you mentioned. Um, and in recent days, we've seen talk of him potentially moving to Milan on a loan or even a permanent uh, talk of a fallout with Emery, attitude problems, all the rest of it. Um, what, what, what's, what's your take on that? Because Duran is such an interesting guy, isn't he? He's only 20, mm. you know, and, and he's, he's, you know, Colombian international. He's come over from the MLS um, you know, still finding his feet, I guess, uh, in 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 the Premier League in a brand new country as a young man. Yeah. What 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 do you what do you make of that situation? Um, I think he has a massive opportunity here at Aston Villa at his age, nineteen. Um, you're playing for one of the greatest coaches in world football. My advice to him, if I was his advisor somehow, would be: you're playing for one of the greatest coaches in world football. Just listen to what the, he's saying. Listen to what the coaches are telling you because these guys have all been there and done it. And one day, you may well go on and play for, you know, Real Madrid or somebody like that. These are the type of coaches and this is the type of club who can help you on your way there if that's what your dream is, right? Um, I understand it, fair enough, if he feels that he has to play 90 minutes more regularly. Okay, that makes sense because he's not playing a lot of that. The fact of the matter is that Ollie Watkins is the finished article. He is the real deal mm. and contributes so much to the team that at the moment, Yonder Ran is too raw to be able to do. Like Yonder Ran has real obvious quality. I think he has a very, very high ceiling potentially if he's able to show that he has the right um, approach, if he has the right attitude. You know, he's got everything going for him physicality. The goal against Palace showed. His natural finishing Technical ability, class, yeah, yeah, and you know he he's a real handful, and there's times when he holds the ball up fantastically well as well. He's got so much, so many raw ingredients. Um, so my advice on that would be, yeah, just uh, you pl playing through an Emery, and at least just give it to the end of the season and see what happens. You know, you never know. There might Ollie Watkins might not be available for three games, and suddenly you're playing ninety minutes for three games straight, and then. You know, you can show, well, this is why I think I should be starting, score goals, do, you know, make it show what you've got. And maybe, maybe he does need five games straight playing 90 minutes to get to back, get up to that level and improve as quickly as he wants. And we can't provide that. All right, that's fair enough if that's his argument. But at the same time, I just think whatever this drama is that's happening off the pitch, you know, do, you know, John Percy's reported on it. There's evidently some noise. There's a bit of a distraction. There's all this social media stuff about, I don't know, unfollowing Villa. I don't know what the mm -hmm. truth to all that is. But um, it's just a bit of a like, you know, chill out. You know, I know you're young and and want everything now. 
but you're so young. It, it will come and it will come and you, you're playing with such a brilliant coach. You're going to learn more than you'll ever learn in your whole career playing with this guy. Just mm. listen to him. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I think it's, but look, if he, if, if he's not, if he's not, you know, uh, fully wanting to be there, if he, if he wants out, well, he's got to go. Like It's as simple as that. But we've got, if he is going to go and we, we have to sell him, well, then, um, it's going to have to be more for more than we sold last season because yeah, know, I think of FFP and all that. Absolutely. I mean, he he was a player that was brought in before Emery. Um, he, he wasn't an Emery signing. He was a he was a club signing. Obviously, the club uh, did their research on him and and brought him in. And he was he was heavily linked with um, clubs like I think Man United were linked with him before he came to us. So you know he's he's yeah. he's a he's a player as you said who has obvious pedigree and has interested some massive clubs um, in the past. He's still so young, so raw. It, the talent the talent is there. But then, yeah, I suppose if if we are to believe that, you know, there is this behind-the-scenes spat or disagreement, then there is a bit of an attitude issue. And it's unfortunate because we're having such a good season at the moment. I mean, just an incredible season. And you want everyone to kind of be rallying around and 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 being part of the team, um, and and appreciating that it's a it's a it's a team game that utilizes every member of the squad. You know, you, you talk about the likes of sort of Dendonka and players like that who are actually, to be fair, played a fair amount of games because of injuries, because of suspensions, because of inevitable things that happen over the course of a season. And obviously, now this year we're playing in Europe. So that's a whole other kind of whole bunch of games that we've got to play and have players fresh and ready to to, to play in. Longley has played a lot of games, uh, to be fair, this season because Torres has been out injured. So, um, so it's it's um, you know, it, it's it is a bit frustrating that he's he's not happy to kind of, if this is the case, not happy to kind of accept his current role within the within the squad. And 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 as you say, how can you how can you replace Ollie Watkins? He's 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 the man in 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 the Premier League when it comes to scoring goals. You know he's only really behind Erling Haaland, isn't he? In the Premier League, as someone who who is who is clinical and 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 can finish and is is doing doing everything he can to to keep Villa where they are on the table. So you can't you can't really replace him. Um, and and at the moment, you know, Duran is getting games. He is getting games in good. Europe. He is getting games in he's in the cup on. competitions. He is coming on. You know, he's player, playing... player of his age is playing a lot in the Premier League. Exactly. And what I don't what I don't want to see is another kind of Carney Chukwemeka situation where, and but and look at Carney now. You know, I know he's injured, but even before then, he wasn't really playing yeah. games. You know, has has he has he progressed in his career since joining Chelsea? Absolutely not. So, um. So and I just think how he would be doing under under Emery if, yeah. if Chuck were maker state. So I think you have to look at it that way, don't you? Um, but but as you say, Frankie, if if his heart is set on leaving the club, if he just feels that it's not going to turn around for him at Villa, at Villa Park, if he's got agents in his ear, you just don't know. Saying this wasn't what we were promised, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, then for the greater good of the of the team and, and general morale, I think you probably do have to look at um at moving him on, but. But not without having a replacement in in place. So, yeah, I mean, it's the seventh of January. So, you know, we're, we're into the transfer window now. So, there could be movement, um, outs and ins. Uh, we've already seen. I think Ben Crazine has gone out on loan to Blackburn. Good move. Good move. I'm, I'm yeah. pleased with Ben Crazine. I think he's uh, he's very highly rated at Villa. I know that for a fact. So, yeah, 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 
yeah, former Exeter player as well, wasn't he? Like like yeah. Ollie. So um so yeah, so hopefully he can he can do well for Blackburn in the championship, a good a good league. You know, we've moved Finnazaz on uh, on a permanent deal to to Middlesbrough, um, which is probably expected. Um, we signed him for well, we didn't sign him. We got him on a we got him on a free, didn't we? I think Finn. Uh, and sold, yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, and sold for two and a half billion, which in this day and age isn't a lot of money, but it's it's. It sounded better. like you said billion then. <laughs> Finnazaz, <laughs> yeah, that's what it was, wasn't it? Was it two and a half billion? <laughs> the two and a half billion that's quid a, to. Uh... <laughs> Quality player, uh, as good an investment as forty-four billion spent by Elon Musk on Twitter. Or X, <laughs> yeah, exactly. How many finnazazes can you can you <laughs> Twitter? So, um, yeah, um, I, I, so you know, again, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a profit. Um, his contract was up at the end of the season anyway, so you know, we had to we had to make a decision on him. So, um, so yeah, there's 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 movement obviously going on. So. Potentially, Duran could be another one on the way out, but we'll need to get someone in, as I say. All Villa, No Filler on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Welcome back, everybody. Now it is time for this. George and I could end up like two screaming fans on Arsenal Fan TV as things get heated here in the spicy question. And George, today I ask you, what are the biggest positives, the biggest weaknesses for Aston Villa going into the second half of the season? Oh, that's a, it's a yeah, it's a that's a that's a tricky one to answer. I mean, obviously, so far this season, the first half of the season has been overwhelmingly positive it's been phenomenal the best half of the season i think I, i've i've witnessed with my own two eyes frankie um you know sitting second in the table um players playing unbelievable football uh the form of the likes of you know mcginn watkins uh bailey you know pal torres coming in and and and, and doing as well as, as he's done um it's just been it's just been absolutely incredible um and obviously, the hope is that we can continue that for the for the second half of the season. Um, I think a bit of one of my concerns uh, is, and I and I feel a bit reluctant to say this because this is something that I think is just affecting a lot of clubs, particularly at the moment, particularly over the course of December and January when we've all played, all the teams have played so many games. Is um, it's just keeping an eye on um, fatigue. Mm. I mean, Emery is, is is a brilliant coach and. I'm sure he he has, you know, an endless supply of data about sort of players and fitness and 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 who's capable of playing 90 minutes or who who needs to come out or whatever. Um, but I think we certainly looked a bit jaded over the last few games. Mm. I think even even the games we've managed to win, you know, the, the Burnley game, which we obviously um we managed to turn around. Um, certainly Sheffield United, Man United, de- definitely Man United in the second half at Old Trafford. Yeah. Um, we just seem to just run out of steam. Um, and um, it's just something to keep an eye on, I guess. But but uh, but that, I think that's always going to be a, a struggle. For, for a team like us, we're massively overachieving, massively overperforming. Um, and I think maybe to some extent, a lot of it is physical, but some of it perhaps is mental, kind of mm. dealing with the, the increased expectations, the added expectations, um, as we've seen against... Middlesbrough and other teams in the Premier League we played against when they go for that low block, back five, soak up the pressure, try and catch them on the break. As you say, that's 
that's the formations and tactics reserved for teams that play teams expected to win. So we now going into most of our games expected to win, which is something that as a Villa fan and certainly probably Villa, a lot of Villa players just aren't used to dealing with. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously it's up to them and Emery to work out a way to, to win those games. Um, but it, it, it will take some time. Um, and perhaps it's got to the stage where certain clubs might be figuring us out a bit more. So for example, I know a lot, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of what Emery does sometimes is to, is to draw opposition the opposition on to to press so we can sort of counter that press so you'll notice the ball is held up by my the ball is played back to martinez martinez will sort of just hang around the outside the the edge of his box with the ball at his feet basically waiting for that press but a lot of teams now aren't doing that because they know that it's basically a bit of a trap um so so teams are starting to figure us out so it's just i think i think i think it's just to, to approach the second half of the season with it with a sense of kind of um, not, not caution, but 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 maybe just a, a a different kind of mentality. The first half of the season was such a overwhelming vibe of positivity, and and we were winning every game. We were beating Man City and Arsenal and all the rest of it. It was fantastic. But it's to kind of like appreciate the games against Sheffield United will happen. Games against I know we won against Burnley. Um, but that was a real struggle. Yeah, it, they, they they will they will happen, and perhaps more frequently towards the end of the season. So it's just couching that and and being prepared as a fan, I suppose, to having to endure a lot of games rather than perhaps enjoy them yeah, as we have yeah, done yeah. so far. Yeah, um, and to accept that as kind of part and parcel of how we approach the second half of the season. Yeah, I think they're all really good points, and I think um, yeah, it's been an absolutely amazing season. The positives just far outweigh any negatives at all, uh, as has been the case since Professor Uno walked in through the door, really. Um, you know, every time I see you, George, I want to give you a massive hug and just say, thank God for Professor Uno. Thank God, like, just tears. You know, like when they heard World War II was over in Times Square, just ticker tape <laughs> flying down and, um, you know, it just uh, a wave of emotion every time I think about it. Um, but the start of the season has been... Um, yeah, just phenomenal. The football, uh, this is playing football that, you know, I've sat there in Villa Park at times watching periods of play where I've literally been laughing out loud going, I cannot believe this is Aston Villa. Yeah. I can't believe this is what we are now, that we are finally a team who plays like this. The type of football that I used to watch, you know, because I, I watched La Liga week in, week out for years and years and years. The type of football I used to watch in La Liga and be like, I mean, look at these guys. They're 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 incredible. You know, Barcelona and um, you know, old school Sevilla and Valencia. Well, you know, and seeing Villa doing it is like this is just this is my dreams. These are my dreams are actually I pluck, I've reached into my head, plucked them out, and they're actually a real. They've come to life. You know, it's um, I'm going to wake up screaming, realizing we're still in the championship and. Uh, that we, we never won the playoff final against Derby or something. Yeah, uh, Galini's still in goal, and um, <laughs> yeah, Shibola's starting in midfield. Yeah, and I'm I'm that we're on this podcast, and I'm going. Like, I'm telling you, Shibola's he's he's the one. He's the he's <laughs> he's got something. It, honestly, he's got something. Uh, t- let me tell you about Barry Bannon coming back, club legend coming back to Villa to get us out of the to League One. Um, but yeah, I I think uh, so yeah, like I say, the football that we've seen at the start of the season has been amazing, and also the mentality. The amount of times we sort of say, um, you know, 
uh, classic villa would do this, but this villa don't do yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a, literally only the Manchester United game where I think we it was you could say classic villa. Mm-hmm. But there was the caveat that I think the Sheffield, Manchester United and Burnley games, all three of them came about because it was Decemberitis, tons and tons of games. We went to Bosnia midway through the month as well. Yeah. We beat City, we beat Arsenal, we beat Brentford away, we drew away at Bournemouth. We we it's, needed we and we needed Kamara at Old Trafford, I think. Oh, and we'd lost Kamara, we had a few players missing, yeah. Al Torres was missing. Um, you know, adding to the other players we've had missing all season. So that, you know, Tielemans as well. You know, so these are play these are key players that are missing at a time when we were having to use the same players over and over again. You know, McGinn, Louise, Martinez, Watkins, how much football these guys have played. So I think there is a bit of a caveat to say, like, um, those final three games that, you know, the second half at United, when you've got the crowd behind you, as United did, and you know, some real quality players in Ganache and Rashford against a team that just perhaps were just starting to lose their, just didn't quite have the energy to rouse themselves. That can yeah, happen. Yeah. Of course. Um, but I'd say for the second half of the season, the thing that is obviously, the, we've talked about it already and you mentioned it just now, it is just that teams setting up now, preparing better for Villa than they might, you know, they've had a year to study, you know, Emery's Villa now. <laughs> Other teams are going to have an idea of what to do against us. Everton, I'm sure they'll play different against us than they did at Villa Park when we beat them 4-0. Yeah. Um, there will be a lot of sides who try and play us very differently than we did in the first half of the season. It's just how we adapt to that. Like I say, Villa have been very good at adapting. We've shown great mentality. We've been absolutely brilliant at football, but there are going to be teams now that prepare for the high line a bit better. There are going to be teams who play deep defences against us. And it's just whether, you know, as, as an evolution of our team, how we evolve with that. And part of the evolution, of course, is going to be some players tweaking their game a bit. Una Emery tweaking one or two things on the pitch at times that we haven't just seen just yet. And also in transfer windows as well, at some point, finding personnel that might be better in certain situations that we don't currently have. But I don't really want to get into the whole transfer thing because that sounds a bit Stevie G, doesn't it? I just need one more player. Well, I just need I, another I, player. And we don't need... It's not that. I'm not saying well, that. Just... Well, can, I, can I ask you? I, I know we had, this, <laughs> we had this debate when you know we were flying and playing really well and this was before... December and, and and the games where we sort of struggled a bit more. And we said, I don't think we need to improve. Uh, well, I say improve because it's difficult to improve in January. Uh, I don't think we need more personnel. I don't think we need to dip into the transfer market. Do, has your opinion changed at all? Um, well, if Duran goes, yes, we, we need to replace him. Sure. Um, which is very difficult to do in this month. But that's what. But, 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 but even if he doesn't, if you say if we didn't lose any kind of first team squad players. Would you, um, would you still would you still go into the transfer market? I appreciate it all depends on the quality of player available in January, which is which is hard to. It's very it, it all it all comes down to FFP really. It, it's mm. how much maneuverability do Aston Villa have? You know, look at Newcastle; they yeah. have a great deal. Of Newcastle, but the thing is, you know, Newcastle haven't sold a great deal of academy players as we have, so we might be in a, a better position than they are. We leave, even though they got Champions League. Because we sold Grealish, obviously we've sold Chukwemeka, Ramsey, Archer, yeah, um, Philogene, probably Azaz, probably going to sell a couple of others. So you know, in that sense, that was one of the that was the one of the best things Perzlo ever did at Villa was focusing on that academy. Yeah, always from the start when we did that, I always thought that was a brilliant move because it always reminded me a bit of what Chelsea have done, Man City have done it, 
It's what it's what you have to do as a club nowadays, particularly with FFP. So it just depends on where Villa are maneuverability wise, um, and uh, on that. So if we, I, I think I'd rather we saved it till the summer, um, but you know if we could get it, if we could get a backup goalkeeper that's a bit better than what we got, just in case Martinez gets injured or there is somebody who could play up front. Right, but it, it right back seems to be the position that looks to me the most glaring. I think, just because it does feel like there's the cash concert thing is a bit of a not sure where Emery sits on it, and it just feels like another backup um, would probably suffice at right back if they were available. But you know, if we could repeat the trick of like an Alex Moreno, thirteen million, probably not yeah. big wages. Um, and he transformed the whole left-hand side of the team last season. If we can do something like that, like a kind of cheaper signing, somebody who, uh, but who has the ability to transform us in a certain area in a way that mm. we can't at the moment, then absolutely go for it. But um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be it's interesting to see what Villa do this window. I, I I doubt there'll be massive amount of movement, but you never know. There might there might be the odd pickup here or there. Yeah, I think um, you know, as we <laughs> as we found out last January. Um, a lot of people were expecting Emery because it was his first transfer window to be a lot more active than he ended up being, um, mainly because, um, you know, it, it is much more difficult to to make transfers in, 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 in January over the course of just one month. Um, and I think, you know, Emery was happy to wait until the summer when the, when the market's a lot more flexible and you can actually get sort of much more sort of value for money. Um, it makes sense, uh, and I'm, I'm sure Emery again will approach January in the same sort of this January in the same sort of way that if there are players that are that are you know not not at, at the level he wants, or if they're if they're overpriced because it's January or whatever, I think he's more more than prepared to just wait it out until the summer. Um, you know, as I say, we're massively over, overachieving as it is. We are still in the title race, whether some people like to admit it or not. But mm-hmm. um, I think obviously the the target. I imagine at this stage is is just qualification for the for the Champions League, and if um, and if it's the fifth spot that that is enough, mm-hmm. then we're already like and I and I'm touching wood here, and I don't want to tempt fate, but you know we're, we're in good, a good really we're in a very very good position. Yeah, yeah, let's put it let's put it that way. Yeah, and the teams that are also vying for those, you know, because Liverpool and Man City probably will finish top two, but from third, fourth, fifth. You know, below that, the teams competing for those that the kind of like fourth, fifth spots, Newcastle, Man United, maybe they're very, very inconsistent this season. <laughs> um, so if they continue to be like that, then we've already got you know a serious chance of of making it already. So I think all he'd want to, I think all he'll want to do is just try and ensure that we just keep getting those points, racking up those points. You know, the the, the title is is neither here nor there really, as much as we want it. But it's just getting to a position where we can, yeah, make sure that we get those, get in one of those Champions League's places. Yeah, and you, and you talk about inconsistency. Arsenal, since we beat them, have just yeah really gone off the boil. I did suspect it was again maybe some December tiredness had kicked in a bit for them, um, and you know they haven't been in the Champions League for quite a while, and they've come back into it this season. And maybe that's also impacting them in a way they might not have anticipated. But uh, they're just was, they're just they're they're toothless. Uh, Arsenal. That's 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 their problem, yeah. isn't it? Is the they've got they've got kind of like they've got decent attacking midfielders, like forward thinking players, but there's no one there. Even when Jesus is fit, that he, yeah. I wouldn't class him as someone that's 
that's going to guarantee you goals. And I think that's where they're struggling. Yeah, it does feel like the Liverpool game, the last 2-0, they had a million chances and didn't finish yeah. them. So, they're, they're, yeah, it looked, I always thought that was an odd one this, this summer that they didn't get in a striker. And if they're going to spend £100 million on Ivan Tony, um, you know, it's a lot of money. I don't think they're going to spend that. Again, they've got FFP concerns as well. So um, every, every club has has to look on FFP. It's, it's an interesting one at FFP and how that's impacting clubs that are trying to compete with the top sides. But um, I guess there's two arguments for that, aren't there? There's one, if they just got rid of all FFP regulations, Newcastle would then yeah. just go and spend 300 million quid on a player and uh, blow everyone out of the water and give them a million quid a week because they're the Saudi Public Investment Fund and would be able to do that. And all that would happen is Newcastle would very rapidly probably become similar to what PSG were a couple of seasons ago. Mm. It, I don't think anybody wants that. So it's um, there's a lot of positives and negatives to FFP. But uh, yeah, I mean, just... I mean, I, I, yeah, I, th- I think, I think it's it's definitely, you know, we talked we talked about the you know when when Man City had their takeover kind of before FFP. We talked about the drawbridge being raised, and now I feel like it's a, it is a much more. It, we're seeing that we're seeing the impact of it now. Yeah, where um, all clubs are having to spend within their means. All clubs are aware of what the limitations are, how far how far they can push it. And I know there's there's been a bit a bit of an uproar about Everton being penalised with a with a points deduction, and maybe other clubs not. But the fact that the Premier League have made that statement by. Mm. De- deducting points from a Premier League team for financial irregularities if they can do it to one team they can do it to others so so the threat is very real it's not it's not hypothetical anymore um so so that's that's something to take into account as well so we will you know the fact that you've got a team like Villa now competing to 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 either win the league or qualify for the Champions League Newcastle okay they've spent a bit of money but they also have to be aware of financial fair play rules um you know, t- you know, Tottenham will still be up there, and you know, yeah. it seems to have broadened the amount of competition at the top end of the league. So it can only be a good thing, I think. Okay, thank you everybody for listening. I've been your host, George Zelinski. Frankie, I will see you later. Catching a bit, George. Up the mighty villa. Up the mighty villa. It is goodbye for me too. We'll be back again soon. But until that point, come on, Super Aston Villa. <laughs>